Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in collaboration with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. Here's Marissa Laycock. I wander into St Albans Museum and head downstairs to the science exhibition in the Western Gallery. It explores the role that St Albans has played in the lives and work of scientists throughout history. The first exhibit is of Francis Bacon's book. Novum Organum Scientiarum is entitled after the book written in Latin. Quote, many will travel and knowledge will be increased, unquote. It was published in the 17th century, which affirmed Bacon's place as the father of empiricism and experimental philosophy. Novum Organum was his response to the fact that methods of exploring the natural world had remained unchanged for nearly 2,000 years. Firstly, Bacon proposed how mistaken thinking can make it impossible to find the truth, and secondly, he set out a new system of logic showing how observations and new experimental methods lead to establishing general theories. We then learn a little about Bacon's life that he was educated on the outskirts of St Albans, went to study law at Cambridge, and then became a politician and MP. Although Bacon may not have made any specific scientific discoveries, he provided a framework for others in the field of philosophy of science. This exhibition also explores a number of other scientific pioneers. Exhibitions like these can potentially spark off a child's lifelong interest in science and inspire them to gain a deeper understanding of the real world. With the dawning of AI, there has never been such an exciting time to boost a child's interests in STEM subjects, and we're all aware that many jobs in the future will be AI-related. I enjoy looking up periodically at inspirational quotes. I think my favourite is Hawking's, Intelligence is the ability to adapt and change. Re-echoing Einstein's belief that it is precisely this human ability that will secure our survival. Hawking's work on cosmology has shone a light on the nature of gravity, the origins of the universe, and given us a deeper understanding of black holes. I'm interested to discover that Hawking moved with his family from London to St Albans, and apparently regarded it as a somewhat conservative place compared with Highgate, claiming that in Highgate our family seemed normal, but in St Albans I think we were definitely regarded as eccentric. Other scientists celebrated here include Thomas Mercer, the most important English chronometer manufacturer, and Eleanor Ormerod, a female pioneer in the field of entomology. Compiling huge collections, organising and interpreting detailed observations allowed her to give practical advice to farmers and agriculturalists on how to mitigate insect damage to crops and animals. I take a look at some intriguing black and white photos. In the 1800s, observing natural history became a popular hobby and many amateur scientists held vast private collections of specimens, from insects to plants. I like the one of the Natural History Museum, its central hall showing a huge blue whale skeleton back in 1881. Memories of meandering around the infinite worlds of the museum as a schoolchild come back to me. Other photos include Kew, our national botanical garden, and Temperate House, another fascinating space built in the mid-1800s, filled with thousands of diverse species. 
Then there is Guglielmo Marconi, who founded the International Telecommunications and Engineering Company with headquarters in St Albans. And then Laws and Gilbert, who established Rothamsted, the oldest and world-leading centre of agricultural research based in Harpenden and boasting the longest-running agricultural scientific experimentation in the world. Perhaps the most fascinating exhibit is this perfect replica of the Wallingford clock, which takes up a significant amount of floor space in the middle of the room. Designed by Richard Wallingford, abbot of the Benedictine Monastery of St Albans Abbey in the 1300s, this astronomical clock was one of the most sophisticated clock mechanisms in existence at the time. According to the Abbey Chronicle, while at Oxford, he neglected his theological studies and seemed to be more interested in his mathematical and astronomical research. He was criticised by many, including King Edward III, for spending money on his beloved timepiece, capable of a myriad of astronomical observations, while the Abbey was in huge disrepair. I stand here and stare at this quirky and somewhat elaborate medieval mechanism, so shiny and intricate. It's an impressive 20th century replica, with its blue circular astrolabe face, so mechanically complex with gears, an oval wheel measuring the variable velocity of solar motion, planetary courses, lunar phases, eclipses, and even a dial capable of predicting the ocean's tides. Taking ourselves and our children to such free exhibitions reminds us that, quote, science and everyday life cannot and should not be separated, Rosalind Franklin. As I leave, I have a look at the blackboard covered in post-it notes with answers to the question, what are the big questions scientists should be exploring? My two questions involve the issues around how scientists can create more sustainable ways to harness Earth's natural resources, and the use of AI in developing cures for diseases. It has been an enlightening hour or so and has felt refreshing to roam around such a well-researched science exhibition, reminding us that St Albans has been home to every kind of scientists over the centuries. Having a museum in the middle of our high street offers us an opportunity to learn more about and engage with our heritage here in Hertfordshire. And it feels great to leave a building slightly smarter than when you walked in. Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in association with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. To find more of our podcasts, go to radioverulam.com. And if you'd like to support our podcasts, please go to radioverulam.com slash donate. Thank you.